Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Ella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing, nothing. We got you covered for college football, too. Every- hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We missed you. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is good so good to be back with you guys. This is it, the Super Bowl 56 preview show. Of course, you're going to get our predictions, our, our breakdown. I mean, we might over-explain it for you, but we're going to give it to you raw and real. And I think, Ray, we should start off um, celebrating the NFL with their um, show that they normally do Saturday night. And this night, it was on ABC. Normally, it's on the network that it's, you know, where the Super Bowl is on NBC this year. But the NFL spreading all their stuff around and all their goodies and everything to all the networks, which are, I really uh, find interesting. But last night, I guess the biggest awards, and I kind of want your thought and opinion. Like you said, there wasn't really much controversy. But obviously, uh, Andrew Whitworth gets the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Definitely want your thought on that one. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year. Defense, my man, T.J. Watt from the Steelers. And I'll let you break down the Hall of Fame class. But Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie, and Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie. So give me your thoughts on Rodgers and where he goes, legacy, and just uh, overall some of the awards and then, share the Hall of Fame class with everybody as well. So we talked off air briefly about this. The award winners this year, was not, not, nothing was surprising, right? MVP Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back. He's only the third back-to-back winner. So that's pretty amazing given that he's in his, what, 16th and 17th seasons. Now the first three, he didn't play that much behind Favre or didn't play at all. Uh, but still, you know, 38 years old, winning back-to-back MVPs, that, that's pretty impressive. And that's Brady-esque. Um, Cooper Cup wins the Triple Crown, right? He had oh, Nobody had done that a, since uh, Steve Smith Jr. Yeah. Or Sr., I should say. Senior, yeah. <laughs> Steve Smith Sr. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he'll go he in the Hall just, of Fame, I think, next year, right? Is he uh... – yeah, I mean, we'll t- we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, he he's you look at his stats and and he's he's a beast. And yeah. even when you saw him, he was he was. Ed, oh no, he was Ed, great. Burgos, Arthur Gar. I mean, yeah. he, he was. Plus, we'll, he we'll used to block, we'll and that 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 means a lot too. Defensive Player of the Year, like you said, T.J. Watt, very much deserving. Broke or tied Michael Strahan's record. Now, you, you could argue he did it in 17 games, but he missed two games. So no, he did it in 15 actually, games. So actually, I think it's better. So than that's what I'm games. saying, in a 17-game season, but he did it in 15 games, actually, because he got hurt. Um, yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase, you know, when Justin Jefferson had his year last year, you thought, wow, that, that's, 
that's going to be hard to touch. I mean, and then the very next year, his college teammate. And well, not former just him, though. What's so amazing, even though he's the offensive rookie of the year, clearly, you also had, and we spoke about this, uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, all three of them were spectacular this season and are only going to get better. So that, that's really nice to add to the wide receiver class in the NFL. And it just shows you that the offensive prowess in college is really unbelievable. And these kids it's can legit. step right into the NFL, especially at the wide receiver position, running back yeah. to, to a lesser degree or to the same degree. And then, and then quarterbacks to a lesser degree, um, defensive rookie of the year. This is the only one that was unanimous. 50 out of 50 was Michael yep. Parsons, right? This dude is all pro. Uh, so he's certainly all rookie. Um, <laughs> comeback player of the year. Like you said, uh, Joe Burrow, you would have uh, given a little bit of love to, to Dak Prescott. They both probably were very much deserving. Joe Burrow probably got the nod because – Well, because he made the playoffs and they won the division. Right. They won the division – well, so did the Cowboys, but they won the division, made the play. They had the same record. Or Cowboys even oh, had yeah, a better record. Right. But, but, uh, but I think Joe's in his second year, right? He, he's doing this as a second-year player, tearing you know, his ACL and coming back. So he, he definitely deserves all the love. Coach of the year, there were several decent candidates, but Mike Vrabel, you know what I mean? Give him credit. You lose your star running back, both wide receivers. You have, in my mind, an overrated Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, and you still win that division and, and really and are the number one seed. Number one seed. And you know what's so yeah. amazing about that? This year, I think I read or heard the stat, they played 91 players. That's how many injuries they had. That is insane. So kudos to Rabel. I mean, obviously a champion with the Patriots. Um, I think if they can improve the quarterback position – and I don't think that is with Jimmy G because I think Tannehill is probably just as good. You know, if you can improve that position, they could be in the Super Bowl next year. They're that, they're that talented. You know, it's interesting because these two teams are in the Super Bowl and whoever wins it, we'll talk about it. Um, they won't be a favorite to go back. I mean, there's so many other teams out there. Oh, that yeah. There's probably a field of, teams that can honestly say that they've got you know well, as good a chance as anybody to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know if we've ever had two number four seeds. I mean, people aren't talking about that. This isn't like, this is not a, you know, we've had like a two six, a one six, but two fours, you know, this is not, you know, these two teams are not predicted to go to the Super Bowl. To, you know, a lot of people take the Rams in the beginning of the season, but even when the playoffs started, a lot of people weren't looking, you know, obviously them coming off that loss to the Niners, People aren't looking at the Rams and Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. Not at all. No, you're right. I think the, the Bengals were a 1% chance before the season. Everybody didn't know how Burrow would come back, and nobody knew that Jamar Chase would be this good, except for his <laughs> mama. I'm sure his <laughs> was this good. And all of LSU. And all of LSU. Yeah, maybe Justin Jefferson knew because he's like, wait a minute, that's my boy at quarterback, and that's my boy at wide receiver, and maybe Clyde Edwards, he lair was like, that's our, you know, that's, those are our teammates. We got to get Although, Jefferson, the quarterback in Minnesota, too. We, we got to. You know, it's funny because Kirk Cousins puts up numbers. If you look at his numbers from a fantasy standpoint or just from raw numbers, but it feels like he doesn't impact the game. It's empty like, calories. You don't look at, 
Yeah, exactly. It's empty Thanks. calories. It's like eating bagels all day. Just eat yeah. those bagels, man, and then you put on the weight. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, um, it really is, you know. So, um, you know, one thing that I was really uh, impressed with, obviously, uh, Keegan-Michael Key was a great host. Um, the Hall of Fame class. You know, obviously, you said it uh, that, you know, a lot of these guys have waited 10 years or more. They really – they skipped over, again, Tory Holt and Reggie Wayne – and they kind of just went with, you know, these old guys. But we, when you think about it, I mean, who's the weak link? There's none. Sam Mills, RIP, right? Great linebacker with the, you know, Saints when they were the Aints and, and you know, starting to get good. Um, and with the Panthers, you got Baselli, who, you know, didn't play as many years, but the years that he played, he was dominant. Right, he's uh, like Seymour. the of uh, the modern era, right? <laughs> he was great. Yeah, and, then, and another USC guy. and But Seymour, he, you know, three chips and was the, the main cog of the Patriots' defense. And I think that, if we're being honest, more of the Patriots' defenders, I mean, come on, what are we doing here? They, they need to get in. And, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, our guy at safety and, and I think Willie McGinnis, who's still – owns the sack record for playoffs, right? So, um, and, um, and what's the safety from NBC? Um, they played with the Chargers. Uh, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie, um, Ronnie Harrison, for sure. Yeah. Look, he uh, was a pro know. bowler before he got there. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, back. he was, he was dominant. A star. No, of, of course, I want to say he was a star at San Diego, and then he kind of, I don't want to say took a step back, but certainly played a role in a defense instead of being the star. But I think you're right with with um, with the big fellow with Richard Seymour. He kind of, uh, you know, lost a little bit of love by going to New England, and, and maybe had he stayed, um, sorry, going from New England to Oakland uh, for yeah. the last four years. But had he stayed in New England, maybe he would have played a little more high profile and gotten a little sooner. But what was interesting is all these guys waited. Some of these guys waited over ten years. Yeah, and Brian Young like, waited forever. Yeah, in, in one fell swoop, the NFL made up for lost time and held off on all the, you know, cats knocking on the door, right? The Reggie Waynes of the world, and, and soon enough, the Steve Smith and the Andre Johnson and, and a lot of offensive players. Cause well, that was, was the, the one I was going to ask you about, because also we got to mention Leroy Butler got in, and then the, yep. uh, they put in the referee, uh, Art McMally, uh, Dick Vermeil and Cliff Branch. And Dick Vermeil Vermeil. and Cliff Branch we both think should have been there way long ago, but, um, and props to Leroy Butler. He was great with the Packers, but should they have put in Andre Johnson? He was kind of special. You know what? He'll make it just like, you know, Terrell no, I know him and Reggie Wayne, Torrey Holt are all going to get in and maybe they just do what, maybe they do like a wide receiver class where they put in two or three, you know, but yeah, well, that's um, what they did essentially now. They basically said, let's swoop, you know, we'll put Tony Baselli in, uh, and then we'll catch up on all these defenders that we, yeah. that we didn't do. So you had Leroy Butler and Sam Mills and Richard Seymour and Bryant Young, and so they, they caught up. So now you can But wait, but you could argue that. they left one guy out, but he's a little bit younger, Rondé Barber, who's definitely a Hall of Famer with his stats. Sure, but, I'm, but, but here my point is that by catching up on five defenders, they basically are at a point where they can put people in more or less within, call it five years of their retirement. 
you know, they can decide if they're in or out. So right, no, you're right. They had to get the linemen and then the four defenders and get those guys in there, and, and they did a good job. So I think um, overall it was a great night. Um, you know, we only had like one little joke talking about, you know, Bill Belichick and obviously the big controversy with the Brian Flores uh, uh, civil action lawsuit. Right now, Kevin O'Connell is basically got the Rams job. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Vikings job. So out of the nine coaching jobs, we got one African-American coach and his third time, third, third job, which is never really happened. Lovey Smith. So we congratulate Lovey. We kind of, I don't know. We both spoke about, spoke about this off air, but I, I hope it's not another like fake, you know, like, oh, the Texans hire a black coach again for one year because, um, you know, Ray, you know, this lawsuit has tons of merit. And I think it's going to get really, really uh, interesting, especially if we have disclosure, you know, with these teams, you know. I mean, obviously the Bengals and Dolphins and Giants all, you know, deny Brian Flores' claims. He didn't get hired. We know he's more than qualified. Should have never been fired from Miami. But um, what? What? Yes, I didn't say, say, in his third season when when they don't even know if two was the answer, and they really have you know Mike Gesicki as their best player on offense. Well, yeah, Devontae Parker was inconsistent. You have Waddle, who might be their best player, um, and not a really solid running game. But let me ask you this, though. I mean, obviously with Stephen Ross, who's done some good things, but if if they find any snifflings of that being true, asking your head coach to tank games, um, which I doubt they'll find it because it was not recorded or anything like that, uh, but just the, the smell, the look of it, right? You can't have that, especially with bylaws and gambling now being legal and, and all this stuff with, you know, FanDuel and, and, and everybody else. How do you think that they would be just to force him to sell the team sort of like a, um, you know, Clippers situation? No, it's worse. Believe it or not, as, as, yeah. as abhorrent and as disgusting as what Donald Sterling did. Yeah. This is worse because this is like the integrity of the game. You know, yeah. you could say, oh, Donald Sterling was a bad guy and, and, and you know, he, he's ashamed to, you know, he, he sheds negative light on the league. and But he's one of 32, uh, 30, sorry, in, in the NBA, oh, got yeah. 30 owners. And he, you know, eventually they did get rid of him. But you could say he, he's a rotten apple. You start talking about throwing games. You start mm. talking about the integrity of the league. People start to... Think, I mean, that, that's like the referee scandal in the NFL, with, uh, in the NBA with Tim Donahue. Yeah. That's that's the real deal. And like you said, I agree that there won't be enough hard evidence. Um, but if there was, this this is grounds for you know booting him out of this league. And, now, the one, the one thing I will say is that it sounds extreme, and it probably is more extreme to the ego to get booted out of the NFL, but or in any professional sports league, but in an environment where 
the value of the franchises keeps going up, right? So Donald Sterling sold his team, which was a terrible team, and had never done anything. And our boy Elgin Baylor was a terrible GM. you got to call it like it is. He still sold the team for $2.2 billion. So mm-hmm. Stephen Ross, if he's forced to sell, don't cry some tears because, A, he would have brought it on himself, and, B, he will sell at a huge at a huge oh, easy profit, $5 billion. right? Yeah. So, so that's the only reason why, you know, you're not taking money away from these guys. You're actually just forcing them to cash in. So I, I like, like we keep saying, I don't think there's enough evidence to force him to sell. So Stephen Ross will probably go out on his own terms if he does go out. But you start talking about tanking, and even if it's in jest, you just can't say that. No. You just can't and, say, and, hey. And then on top of that, we have another issue with Daniel Snyder, who you know I think is the worst owner in probably in all sports. He, they should just take the com- – and the, the, knee, the name of the team is terrible. The Washington <laughs> Commanders. It doesn't, Are you I kidding mean, me? What should they have named them? They're just, it's just a horrible situation. What, what, was, what oh would you have chosen? I would have been the okay even with the Generals – the Washington uh, stars, fighters. I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, any. I mean, you could have kept. You could have kept the football team. Honestly, is better than uh, Commanders. It really is. <laughs> but, but, but but let's be serious because it's serious issues, right? I mean, again, more accusations, and they never released the first report. Because they wanted, and Commissioner said in his press conference, right, because they wanted people to be able to uh, keep their privacy um, so they could get more to the truth. But, um, you know, now the, the commanders announced that we're going to investigate themselves. And I was like, no, homie, you're not. We are investigative. I mean, is, we have another owner that we could easily say has really crossed the line multiple times with the cheerleaders, with, you know, with CEOs and different people on, on vacation I and mean, all types of stuff. It, I think it's time. I really think it's time for Daniel Snyder to go. What do you mean? What do you think on that? Because this keeps putting a black eye. Like it's a never own ending leak of ignorance, disrespect, and foolishness from Snyder. So I agree with you a hundred percent. The problem is there's no – I don't think it's a smoking gun like you had with Donald Sterling. So I don't think it's enough to kick him out of the league. Just, he just seems like a bad owner and a, maybe a bad guy. But I don't know that unless the other 31 owners you know, gang up on him that they're going to push him out. Um, Donald Sterling for years was a terrible owner, bad business person, you know, didn't do much for the league in the second biggest market. And yet it took this tape essentially to kick him out, you know, to get him kicked out of the league because the players ultimately, you know, revolted against this. I don't know that the NFL owners, look, the NFL owners, you got to realize it's a small club. And I'm sure everybody has some skeletons, and they don't want to get, you know, their laundry revealed. So if they kick out one of their own, you know, they're worried that some tape will come out about them. So no, no, definitely. You know, so is it the best thing? Probably. I don't think it's going to happen though. 
No, definitely. So before we uh, put a bow on this and get to the game, so two thoughts. I mean, we've got to figure out what's the answer to changing this. I mean, it's really changing the hearts of men. Um, but the Rooney rule is not working, even with the incentives of draft picks, clearly. Um, you only have three minority coaches. We have no women. You know, Ron Rivera, Mike Tomlin, and Lovey Smith. And we did have two uh, African-American GMs hired in Chicago and Minnesota. So that was, you know, kudos to those franchises. Um, like they were saying, there's 13 franchises that have never had a black head coach and 24 that have only had, have had zero to one. Um, it's, it's really bad. You know what I mean? So I, I wonder one, will they sell the Broncos to an African-American group? Byron Isle, Allen has interest. Maybe there's other people. Um, but besides that, what else do you think the NFL can do to really change this? Cause it's, it just, it looks doesn't just look terrible, right? It also crushes the dreams of men who work hard that have earned the right to get a job and not fake sham interviews. Clearly, we see with Belichick's text, the Giants have no leg to stand on. It was a sham interview. So they can say whatever, oh, Coach Belichick didn't know. Whatever. He knew. He's connected to the Giants. And he texted the wrong Brian. And, and, and some people have said, did Belichick make a mistake? Or did he do this on purpose? What do you think about that? That's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't know if Belichick is that, you know, smart or, or scheming that he did it on purpose. But I will say this. I will say. Oh, you wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. Think about what you just said out loud and hear yourself. He is that smart. Oh, I'm not saying, I'm saying it's, it's smarter than Maybe I am. Not I'm saying I, I don't but he know. He is that smart. Don't sleep. He's smart. He could be. And, 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 and maybe he, you know, maybe in 10 years, we're going to be like, guess what? Bill Belichick is the one who got the ball rolling. And Brian, Brian, so Bill Belichick was the quarterback and Brian Flores was the running back. And he handed it off, you know, inside hand up. That's so what, I, that's what I'm ball. saying. Don't forget who Bill Belichick is. His two favorite people in the world are Jim Brown and Lawrence Taylor. I'm just saying. It's possible. It's possible. Um, And and you know what? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe (laughs) he told them, look, Brian, you know, this is your chance to make a a statement bigger than winning a Super Bowl. You know, this is much bigger than that. But Does he get a college job, though, in a year or two, you think, Brian Flores? Sure. I mean, look at what Herm Edwards is doing. He's, you know, yeah. over by you in Arizona State, and he's hiring all these all these ex-NFL people. I mean, if you want to, I think any NFL coach could get a, could get a college job if they want to. Yeah. The problem is once you taste the NFL life, you know, you, you want to be an NFL coach. Um, of course. But yeah. here's my thought really quick on the, on the black ownership. In a league where 70% of the players are black, and you don't have any black owners, and you really don't have any real black, you know, senior management and coaches. You know, Mike Tomlin and, and Lovey Smith, notwithstanding two of thirty-two, and and really Lovey's set up to fail, frankly. Um, yeah. it, it's very, very, very disheartening. And the Rooney Rule was an attempt. 
to address that, but it didn't have any teeth, right? It, it, it essentially created this mock, you know, interview scenario where you can say you interviewed somebody and maybe one out of a hundred, like Mike Tomlin, you know, get the benefit of the doubt, be giving him an interview, but then you did give him an interview and then you were blown away by Mike Tomlin. But I think that the, but they the also, Tomlin the Steelers is, organization has an open heart, the Rooney family. True. No, no, so of course. Of course. So, so I guess what I'm saying is it's much bigger than forcing you to, to hire people. It was a good attempt. And we should look at it and say, look, it was a step. It wasn't enough. It wasn't nearly enough. And it should have been followed up by other things. Well, do you go to the government? Do you go to Congress or something like that? I don't think you can go to Congress. It's a private league and it's private owners. And you can't force somebody to do something with their private asset that they bought, you know, and they have full control over who to hire. Um, You can – try to affect the process. So, so, well, so but, this but, is why but I'm remember, we do have laws in our country still, but we do have laws in our country. So you cannot not hire someone based on the race or religion. So fair enough. Fair you, enough. You, you but could take it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. You can, but I don't think you can start forcing people to hire. So you can't make decisions for them. Let's put it that way. You need to let the company or the organization hire whoever they decide to hire, right? You can say, look, there's a pattern of bias. There's a pattern of racism. There's a pattern of whatever. And it's probably, you know, you start taking away draft choices from these 13 franchises that have never had a black head coach. They don't have any offensive black head coaches. You start taking away draft picks and stuff like that and finding them, then you got teeth. Okay, but who's going to do that? The, the NFL commissioner works for the owners. So I know, but I'm like, just oh, saying. Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell works for the owners. So if the he owners does. don't want it, they're not going to let Roger Goodell do it. <laughs> this is where it's, it's going to get fascinating. So do you think the Broncos – get purchased by an African-American group or, or, or man or something? No. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I mean, not no. Uh, they'll get purchased by whoever the highest bidder is. And if that happens to be Byron Allen and, and some crew that he put together, then great. Then it's Byron Allen. I think ultimately the Bolin family and the process is going to play out such that the – buyer is going to be the the highest bidder, the, high, the highest qualified bidder, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe they would give it to some dude that's like buying it with cryptocurrency. Well, I know you're a big <laughs> fan, but we'll not get, we'll get into that another episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be the highest bidder. Um, it's, a, it's a high quality marquee franchise, right? It's not the, you know, Jacksonville with, with Sean, um, with Shot Khan, and it, I mean, it's a marquee franchise. It's a top five, top seven, top ten. No, Broncos are a franchise. big, big franchise. So we we'll see, we'll see what. Yeah. Happens. So enough of all that stuff. Let's get to Sunday, February thirteenth, three thirty. By the way, think about what you said. Sunday, February thirteenth. The Super Bowl used to be in January. Yeah. And it was the first week in February. Now it's the second week in February. It's only a matter of time before we're back to President's Day weekend. 
Which is what they've always uh, wanted, and we've, we've known this. It, there's been whispers of it. I do think 17 games and or 18 games are terrible. Thankfully, it looks like um, the tight end for the Bengals, CJ, wh- whatever his last name is, who, who's Maza, he, that he's going to be able to play. And we're thankful that there are no major injuries in this game. We've got a protege, Zach Taylor, against Sean McVay. You know, we've got two number one picks 10 years apart in Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. It's so funny that Sean McVay at 36 is – Has a tree. (laughs) No, this guy's got a tree already. All right. You know, know, see, people don't know this type of stuff kills Ray and I on a personal level when head coaches and GMs get hired and they're younger than us. Because we're both like, um, not only should we be doing it, we could be doing it, and we could be doing it well. And so it, it kind of hurts us in a, in a no-no special place that we could never really admit to either our wives or families probably. But it, but it, makes, us cra- it makes us crazy inside. But, um, <laughs> but back to the – so, you know, what I, what I love about this, and I don't know if you know this. Let me throw this curveball at you. Did you know Sean McVay? is from Dayton, Ohio. Did you know that um, the Cincinnati, the Cleveland, the, the St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams started in Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland Rams. And so it's a little, a little interesting theme here. So not only do you have the, the protege, you have the, the Ohio uh, origins from, you know, the, the, the Rams, some of the, the coach, the franchise, um, what I find the most fascinating about this game, because in our heart of hearts, once the season had already started and the playoffs kicked off, we didn't see these two four seeds battling. But the Rams, what they did by adding Odell, Sony Michelle, and Von Miller, you you felt the momentum of great players, a good franchise, them trading away draft picks and saying we want known commodities over potential and, you know, getting Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, you know, you, you see where their stars have stepped up along with solid picks. Oh, and Andrew Whitworth was a longtime Bengal. You know, there's a lot of connections between these franchises and I I just salute the Rams because I think it's more of an NBA strategy and so you wonder, you know, it's a copycat league. If they do win this, will other teams, you know, come this free agency and come the draft? And you notice this the last three, four years. We've had more trades than ever in the NFL. But I wonder, yeah. will, it, will it increase even tenfold if the Rams pull this whole thing off? Because they, their last number one pick, Ray, was 2017. And that was Mr. Jared Goff the starting quarterback of the Detroit Lions. So uh, what do you think a Ram victory means for the rest of the league? Well, it's interesting that you say that because if you think about it, these two teams are the exact opposite. In some ways they're similar, but in some ways they're the exact opposite when it comes to building the franchise and free agency, right? Uh, Trey Hendrickson 
is the only real free agent move, you know, that that uh, Cincinnati made that really changed the franchise. It came over from New Orleans, whereas you know most of the other team, most of the team was built by the draft. Um, yeah, Higgins, Boyd, Burrow, Mixon, Mixon, CJ and the Hubbard. Rams are the exact opposite. The Rams mm-hmm. obviously traded Jared Goff, got out of that contract. And then brought over, like you said, Miller and Sony Michelle and, and ODB. And ODB they brought over while Robert Woods was still healthy. So what a brilliant move now that Robert Woods obviously isn't, you know. Oh, and can we put that noise to bed that Odell is bad and negative? I mean, I get so tired of Giants and Browns fans and media trying to belittle and rip this guy. He's not a criminal. He's done nothing wrong. And he is now vindicated by getting to the Super Bowl. And if he's a champion, he'll be super vindicated. But I'm very happy for Odell because he's well-liked in the locker room, has always been. And I think that certain wide receivers get these labels. You know, T.O. was a little different. He was way different from Odell. Um, but I just I'm, – I'm very happy for Odell Beckham. You know what I mean? Because he's great. Yeah, he's a little booty. He's, 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 hard to, he's hard to handle. But you're right. He didn't do anything crazy. All he wanted to do was win. All he wanted to do was get on the field and play. He didn't want, you know, special treatment or he didn't want to – he's not Dennis Yeah, Rodgers. and he's a great practice player. You know what I mean? He's yeah, crazy he smart. Hard. He practices hard. Remember when he practicing. slid down? What was that game where he, like, knew the rule and some of his teammates didn't even know it? And he – what did he – I forgot. He did something. But, I mean, it just shows you how, you know, astute of a, of a football player he is. It wasn't something where he, like, stayed in bounds. It was some, something tricky. Like, but yeah, I, I remember very it was excited. like a two-minute drill, and he did something that, yeah, 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 I forget the, the specifics. Yeah. But I, I do agree that the NFL is a copycat league, and, and if the Rams do win it all, and they do go, you know, the all-in strategy works, you might yeah. see that more and more. The question is, if the Bengals win, would you see that as vindicating the – Potentially, I hate to say it, but potentially the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> tanking, <laughs> right? Because you picked Joe Burrow number one two years ago, and then you pick Jamar Chase at number five yeah. this year, not picking our six, not picking five, I guess, not no, picking the, 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 the lineman from Oregon, and go into, which I, I thought they should have done because I'm all about if your best asset is the quarterback, you got to give him you know, some protection but they turned out made the great choice. And so, you know, one could argue building through the draft and the other one is major free agents and, and basically punting on the draft for five or six years, getting, having no first rounders. So it, that'll be I think the next one is 2024. So it'll be a total of seven years. Wow. That's insane. You can't do that in the NBA, right? They, they make you no. keep your first round pick every other every year. Other year. Every so other year. So the NFL though, gives you free reign to do whatever you want. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. I mean, plus you got Leonard Floyd and Andrew Whitworth. This team, you know, Jalen Rand. I mean, so I'll say this, right? For for the um for the historians of the game, you in some way have got to be pulling for the Rams, for Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford and Andrew Whitworth, for Von Miller, for for these Hall of Fame players, Ramsey, Odell. Oh, one, one 
Cincinnati, so you know he's got. Well, at least no, no, no. I'm just, I know. I'm just saying, in terms of when you're stacking a Hall of Fame career, and God forbid if Vaughn got three sacks and one MVP and did that on two different franchises, I mean, you're talking about like really upper echelon of players, and he's had a great career. You know what I mean? But I, I think when you're thinking of the Bengals, you're like they have a rougher division and I mean conference, but they're going to be good for a while. This isn't a fluke. They're probably two years ahead of schedule, but that's how special Chase, Mixon, Burrow, Zach Taylor have been. And you're going to see them bang heads with the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, you know, teams like this for a while. The Rams, the window's still open, you know, the next two years, but financially, you know, and hopefully Woods comes back, but financially, you know, when you got to pay Cooper Cup and he's off the rookie contract and, you know, or all these different things, this team, this is their year, maybe next year, but their window is, is, is not as extended, right? Whitworth might retire, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I think if you're a, a historian and like, you don't have a skin in the game, right? You're not a Bengals fan. You're not, a Rams fan, you just love the history of the game or just, you know, whatever, you'd have to be pulling for these legendary, you know, kind of Ram players that this stamps their Hall of Fame career for like for like six guys. That's crazy. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? That, that and, is and crazy. Then even for the coach. Sean McVay would, yeah. would beat Mike Tomlin as becoming the youngest coach to win. Yeah. And there's so many storylines on the and, and Whitworth at 40 would win and uh, Donald, the three time player of the year, would win one defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, Odell. Do you realize win. he's been first team all pro seven out of eight years of his career? Wow. That, that's, that's, that's pretty insane. amazing. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's on that. No, he's so special. NFL, you know, all decade, all century, all, well, he, you know, he all everything. Funny, like, if you think about it, he's, when this great career of his ends, he's going to be there with the, you know, Mean Joe Green, Bill, you know, uh, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Ray Lewis, like the greatest of the greats uh, on defense. You know, Deacon Jones. And, and he does it up the middle. You know, most of those yeah. guys did it in, in you know, either a 4-3 defensive end, you yep. know, and, and essentially got – you could argue that even and he's defensive end – double and triple are, team in the regular. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's rushing up the middle and getting double teamed, and you still can't hold him. And when you <laughs> collapse a pocket like that, that's – you may not even get the sack – that's just disheartening. You know, if a guy beats you from the outside, you're like, all right, he was better than my left tackle. You know, but when you blow up the whole middle of the pocket and you push the pocket back uh, into my grill, and then you're like, oh, man, I like that the whole play gets messed up. The whole timing of the play. Reel, the whole... Ray, when you see him lifting grown men, like offensive linemen, he's like throwing guys. Like he – no, he's got a different type of grown man strength that I don't know if we've ever seen in the league. It's it's fascinating to watch, and it's I see I you know we both kind of root for like greatness, and that 
I love seeing that. Like to me, he's um, he's fascinating. So let's talk about some of these numbers, and let me think. Let me say, see what you think about the Rams are favored by, to win by four points. The over under is forty eight um, and a half, right? Forty eight and a half. So where are you kind of like thinking? You know, and I don't have the list of all the prop bets, but you got all types of crazy stuff. Where are you thinking? For okay, let's let's look at this, right? Let's do if the Rams win and if the Bengals win, is it just automatic the quarterback get the MVP, or do you see another storyline coming through for someone else to win it? Um, I think it's the quarterbacks. If anything, it'll be the wide receivers. I'm going to give you a weird backdoor stat. Uh-huh. So both of these defenses are pretty good, even though by the numbers, they're not great. They, they, they rush the passer very well. Um, well, the Rams overall, are the second worst in tackling. Their secondary is terrible. Right, right. Overall, though, their, their defense was, I think, 15th in the league, and, uh, and the Bengals' defense was like 17th in the league. But here's, what, here's what's going to be weird, and this is why I think the game will be an over game. Neither team can run the ball. So if you look at the offense with Cam Akers as your running back and Joe Mixon as your running back, they're 25th and 23rd in the league in running the ball. So but they neither, both have been running more in the playoffs. They have been. But, but I think that neither of these teams can really – you know, this isn't going to be the Giants, uh, you know, with yeah, no. O.J. Anderson – 40 minutes of ball control, winning 20 to 19 wide right. Like, even if you get a lead and even if you want to ice the game, I just think the, the, the running game isn't solid enough to do that. So what that means it's to me – It's more screen passes to Nixon. It's going to be a lot of acres, short yeah. screen passes, Bill Walsh-type offense. But all that means to me is there more, there's more room for the Point. defense to make plays. Yeah. You know, sacks, interceptions, whatever, and for the offense to score. Because there will be a lot of plays being run. I mean, there's going to be a good, you know, 60, 70 plays being run. I think on, it's definitely an offense. over game. It's definitely an I over think, game. Yes, me. exactly. So I think it's going to be over game because nobody, even if they even if somebody got up 20, let's call it 24 to 10 or 24 to something, like, you know, 24 to 7. They can't take the air out of the ball. Neither team runs the ball well enough. So the ball will be in the air. There'll be plenty of opportunities. It slows the game down. You know, incompletions will slow the game down. So I think it's an over game. I do also think that, like you said, an MVP will be a quarterback. That's not that's not saying that much. But could you see a scenario where Von Miller or Aaron David, uh, Aaron Donald, if they have three sacks, if they cause them to create a fumble, maybe they do yeah. have a strip sack, you know, could they be the MVP? Sure. If you yeah. have a scenario where, you know, that, that, that low-scoring Sam Super Hubbard. Bowl. Yeah, sure. That low-scoring Super Bowl when the um, – three years ago, right, when the Patriots uh, beat the high-flying the Rams. Rams team. You know, could you have a scenario like that where a defensive guy could win the MVP? Absolutely. There's plenty of defensive talent to go around. But I think ultimately it's going to be a, a higher-scoring game than that. Well, the clock's ticking. I think we should would take a stab at it and let's break it down. 
You want to go first? You want me to go first? What you, what you feeling? Oh, I, I'll take a shot at it, and then you tell okay. me how perfectly I predicted it and how you don't even need to say anything because I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so look, how's it, how's it going to play heart, out, and what's your score? Yeah, so my heart says, or I should say my brain says, that the Rams are hungry. They went and made the trade for Stafford and added Beckham and have the offensive player of the year in Cooper Cup. And they have some, some depth at the wide receiver position. They can't really run, but, you know, Matthew Stafford is going to – Henderson's back, though, so they got all so three hungry. back. Yep. He is – He is. but neither of them are all that good, right? <laughs> Anderson, Akers, they're not uh, – I not like good. Akers, though. I think Akers is pretty good. He's all right. If he had a full year and he doesn't get hurt and, you know, he can he can kind of play off those wide receivers, he'll be all right. But but still, he's not, you know, right, right. he's not one of your upper echelon running backs just yet. So my head says that the Rams are set up to win this game. They've got all that they need. They've got Jalen Ramsey back there to put on Jamar Chase. Eric Weddle pulled out of retirement. Yes. Uh, they got that those defensive ends, Donald, and maybe like an Ashawn Robinson or, or, or a Leonard Floyd might get some love because all the attention is going to be on Donald and Miller. But there's something in my ear mm. that says that these Bengals, they don't care. You know, they could go down. They could be down two touchdowns. They could be like they were, you know, like they were to the to the um, Kansas City Chiefs. They should have been down more, right? We didn't talk about that with the Chiefs being arrogant oh, on 21-3 trying to score. Like, you, you, you put points on the board. You don't always go for touchdowns. You know, just that, just a field goal, and you probably would have won the game yep. at the end of the first quarter, at the end of the first half there. But, they, they, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid were too arrogant, and they were too confident. But anyway, that's a whole other story. I feel like this Bengals team, you know, you could argue it's not their time. They're not ready. But it, it's like that puppy love. They don't know. They don't know any better. <laughs> they don't care. Give Joey me some Burrow of that puppy care. love. Yeah, they don't care. And and you know what? Jamar Chase might not have a big game, but you could see Teddy. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and maybe if Uzoma's healthy enough. They could, and, and even the backup tight end, they can matriculate the ball down the field. And and you know their boy, Evan McPherson. I mean, oh, <laughs> he's the new right. Adam Vinatieri or, yes, or, or Guskowski, right? He's clutch. So I have a sneaky, weird feeling that this Cincinnati Bengals team doesn't go away. Maybe the Rams take a lead. Maybe the Rams smell themselves a little bit. At halftime, there's going to be a, you know, an L.A. focus, hip-hop focus. The Rams are going to be out there dancing. They're going to be bopping. And they're, you know, they're, they're going to be feeling good about themselves. But the Bengals aren't going away. They're not going to be intimidated. They're not going to be worried about falling behind. And I think that they have a chance to come back, and they have no fear, nothing to lose. So they go out there, they play loose. Maybe they make a couple of mistakes in the first half. But you know what? On turf, in 85-degree weather, you know that those LSU boys are like, yeah, I like it hot. So they're going to come out there, and they're going to be fired up, ready to play. 
ready to come back. They're a very good third-quarter team. They're going to be able to come back from a deficit. So that, that's what I predict. I predict that the – so if you're looking at your prop bets, I think the Rams are going to get out early. The Rams are going to be leading at halftime. The Rams are going to be nice and excited in that, in that locker room when they, when they hear the halftime show. But the Bengals in the second half are going to come back, and they're going to score two or three times, and they're just going to take over in the second half. They're going to come back, and Evan McPherson had two clutch fourth-quarter field goals, and the Bengals win the game 30-24. to 24. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I've been going back and forth on this. It's predicted that it's going to be a tie for the warmer Super Bowl. Super Bowl seven in Pasadena was 84 degrees. It's going to be 84 degrees. We're going to have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Miss Mary J. Blige. This is going to be probably one of the top five halftime Super Bowl shows. I'd put a prop bet if they haven't offered it. I feel sorry for the, for the women. I feel sorry for Mary J because the heat and, the, you know, she's probably going to be wearing makeup and be all, like, put together and everything. The heat is going to, is going to be killer and all the Oh, it's going to be rough for Mary J, but she's going to tear it down. And I guarantee Eminem or Kendrick Lamar is going to have a dope line about the NFL owners being racist in their verse. Guarantee it. Book that. Um, What I think is going to play out and going to happen here, we're going to see both quarterbacks throw an interception. I think Joe Mixon is going to be a factor. And I think the Rams have to, even though they're averaging three yards a carry, to win the game, they have to at least get 25 attempts to open up play action. I think Van Jefferson could be a factor. Um, I think the Cincinnati Bengals and the Rams are going to go back and forth in a very entertaining game. (sighs) Joe Burrow is with Jamar Chase special lure. Okay. And I mean like no freaking joke. And I'm a Steelers fan, but these guys, no fear. Like you said, give me some of that puppy love. They don't know what they're doing, but it's the year. I think is it 2022, read or heard somewhere. It's the year of the water tiger. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe this is karma. Maybe it's fate. Maybe it's destiny. But you know what destiny hasn't met yet? A grown-ass, strong Herculean human being man that is not from this planet named Aaron freaking Donald. And I think the Bengals are up 23-20. And Matthew Stafford Stafford hits our boy Odell Beckham Jr. for the go-ahead touchdown with about either a little, maybe 207 on the clock or 153. And then the Bengals get the ball to go down the field to try. Now remember, 27-23, so they have to get a touchdown. 
They go down the field to go and win the game. And Jalen Ramsey picks him off? And Eric Weddle or Jalen Ramsey winds up getting a pick off a tip ball. Joe Burrow might even get hurt in this game. Okay? He might even get hurt. Wow, I don't terrible. wish this on nobody. No, I really don't wish this on anybody. But there's, there's, there's something with the Bengals and, and, and something going on with somebody maybe potentially getting injured. And the Rams seal the deal and then just sit on the, the you know, couple carries, sit on it, and they win the game. 27-23 with Joe Burrow just, I mean. I thought you were going to say Brandon the, Allen put, comes off the bench. The in them. <laughs> Joe Burrow and puts the a lot in them, but Aaron Donald and the boys get to him. And, yeah, Stafford gets the MVP, but most people would be like, it should have gone to that man, Aaron Donald. He might only get one sack, but you're going to see him and feel him and notice him. Joe Burrow's going to feel him. We'll just notice him in the game. And um, I think it's going to be a classic. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. You a know, if, if that happens, th- that, that's completely plausible, right? If that happens, you know what they might end up saying is that the Von Miller trade or, or the Von Miller acquisition is so unsung because – you can't yes. double team Donald, right? You got to be worried about Von Miller, and you got to know where Leonard Floyd is, um, yeah. even Ashawn Robinson. So it might be the case, like you said, that Aaron Donald doesn't put up the gaudy numbers, but you feel him every play. You feel him; he's hitting you. He's, he's, he's well, it also line. makes he's you think that they're the, going to do the, the Bengals are going to have to keep in an extra blocker, even that. Yeah, even that, and, and, so and it doesn't allow out them. In the pattern, I think, you know, at some point they'll have to let Joe let it rip, but I think there's going to be a feeling where Zach Taylor's got to be, you know what, we got we to gotta get Joe Mixon going, and it's hard to run on the Rams. It just, it really is. And, Robinson and the Bengals and left a lot of sacks, and that's one of the things you're worried about as a Bengals fan. I think it was 51 sacks this year. That, that's a lot of sacks. No, so, and that's the one – that's the one glaring weakness on the field besides the Rams tackling in the secondary, which I think Eric Waddle can clean up a little bit, even though he's still an old veteran. And that's another guy you root for, seven guys to get a Super Bowl ring. But the Bengals offensive line is the worst individual unit in the whole game. And I think that's going to be the thing that holds them back from winning the game this year. So that, that tip it might be, and, and you know, it's interesting. It's interesting to just say that because you know I, I talk about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, hopefully Uzoma, and even Joe Mixon out of the backfield is oh, yes. very, very potent. But if you have to put your tight end back in the formation to help protect, and you have to oh, yeah. chip with your running back, so now. Joe Burrow can't spread it out as much as he wants to, and yeah. he needs to focus on one or two receivers as opposed to getting four into the pattern. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big it deal. Is. And this is the Rams team is one of those teams that can do that. And either. And my man Raheem the Dream Morris will shine as a DC. Radio Raheem. <laughs> Radio Raheem, yo. 
So, I just but, want to um, know. But you know what? I see both outcomes. I see your score. I see mine. I just think we're going to have a, a game that goes back and forth and goes to the end. I, I really do. These teams, you know, Rams have blown no one out all season, and the Bengals do not quit at all. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be great. I think halftime is going to be legendary and memorable. I think it's going to be great. I do. I have a funny feeling of an injury. I think, like always, the coin toss tails. I don't know who's singing the anthem and this and that. And America the Beautiful or whatever. I don't know who's singing that, but that should be good. Uh, It's going to be hot in the stadium. And, um, you know, I I think both teams might surprise us and, and give us anywhere from 22 to 26 carries, you know. I, I think that uh, that's going to help them to wear down the other defensive lines so then they can do the play action later on. So it, it's going to be a chess match, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And it's but you know what? Two I'm young happy coaches, wins, two I'm coaches happy, that right? know because, each other. Huh? I said two yeah, young two coaches, coaches that know each other, yeah. And that know each other. I mean, and it's a great story if the Bengals win. You can't be upset if the Bengals win. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. And and what a turnaround. What a turnaround. And and if the Bengals win, you know, it's funny. If the Rams win, we talked about how everybody might go all in on this strategy of free agency and selling your future and giving up first round picks to bring in well defined talent at the you know, either at the apex of their career or towards the end of their career who can give you maybe a little bit of juice for a year or two. But if the Bengals win you know, everybody's going to be like, wow, young talent. It's all about young drafting talent, young coaches, young talent, and basically a stud quarterback. So how much pressure is that going to put on the scouting departments and the, the GMs and the yeah, player but you know what? folks? Joe Burrow, they don't grow on trees, generational talent. He, he is the next Montana Brady. That's who this guy is. We're watching history. Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, they better strap their boots on. Justin Herbert, because this kid, I will he's, say, I will he's say coming that for the I, Super Bowl every season that he plays. That, he's I Brady. I will say that I love, I love this Super Bowl because it's the storylines and everything. But, you know, the best game maybe all year was that Buffalo-Kansas City game. And those two quarterbacks played as close to perfect football as you could. It was incredible. And I was basically sure that the winner of that game would not only make the Super Bowl, but would win the Super Bowl. So, you know, they made some mistakes. Uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did, but this is a crop of young, talented studly quarterbacks when you start oh, talking, about, we talking about Lamar Jackson, right? When Lamar Jackson gets healthy, but, but your boy, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Allen and Burrow. I mean, wow. AFC quarterbacks Herbert. are crazy. Yeah. And Justin Herbert. And, yeah. Yeah. And who knows where Rogers goes, obviously Rogers at the end of his career, but those five are, are right at the, at the peak of their career. And now that you can't breathe on the quarterback, you know, these guys can go for another 15 years. This is insane. Yeah. Well, it was fun. Everybody enjoy the game. Be safe. You know, have fun. 
Um, hopefully, hopefully we get some good commercials this year. Ray yeah, and I they preview start... a lot of them already. Okay, I haven't seen too many, but we're going to try to get back sometime next week for the NBA trades and All Star Weekend. Obviously, Ben Simmons, Harden, we got a ton to talk about. So we'll uh, we'll try to jump on and hit you up with a little NBA because it's necessary. You know, it's that time. So yeah, but enjoy for the now, Super Bowl. It's all football. At least for the next 48 hours. Go and enjoy oh, yeah. the game. Ray's got the Bengals. Tate's got the Rams. Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We're out. Super Bowl 56. Thanks.